Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Guinness World Record holding Fondazi Fire. That's right, everybody. This is a Fondazi Fire Show, and this is the podcast where we ask the question, what do you want? Now, normally the answer is more fire, but today, today the answer is more John Bear. Yeah. I am your host, Adam the Rombaro Soko, and with me, as always, is my lovely and beautiful wife, Katie Mighty Mouse Matryoshka. Hi. Hey. And joining us is a very confused-looking John, John Bear. John is the king at the Renaissance Minnesota Renaissance Festival. That's right. And as always, our wonderful, lovely, amazing producer, Teresa. Hello. John, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you uh, start us off and tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how you guys started at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival? Yeah, well, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. This is kind of kind of crazy. Look at you guys. Got a producer. You got Mighty Mouse. I am. Gotta have got a Mighty Adam. Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's really awesome. Well, thanks for having me on. This is really great. Um, so we're going to go back in ancient Roman times. Maybe not quite that long ago. Yeah, some Roman numerals. It does. It it does seem like it's been a it's been a very 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 long time. Um, so I have I have been out there since I was roughly about twelve years old. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, in the in the in the early eighties, uh, I have been out at the out at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival. And uh, I started as Lance the Hawker. Oh, you were a Hawker. I was. We've had other interviews where people began as Hawkers. Where were you a Hawker? Uh, so I was. I would hawk around like Witchwood and stuff like that. Oh, and so I would hawk also too for, um, you know, being a young industrious kid and a street urchin. And I would hawk for my food. Uh, uh, especially in front of the uh, ice cream, the yogurt booth that used that what that was there. <laughs> um, I used to uh, I used to do face plants into a bowl of yogurt, and the deal I would make with them is I'd be like, "Hey, look, I'm a young industrious kid. I'm loud. I got a big mouth. I get people to come and you know, I get pe- I get people to come into your booth and and buy buy yogurt." And I said, and here's the deal. I need one that I can do a face plant into. And then I also need one that will be for me to eat. It was a great setup because I got both. <laughs> hey, John, if I buy you a big plate of yogurt, will you face plant in it? No. Yeah. You know, we've, we've done uh, fire eating for food, too. I think that's a great, great treat. The pierogi people love it. Yeah. It's great. Um yeah, so in we we love the pierogi place as well too, and then the the uh, that Asian place. Oh yes, oh, man. so good. When they had the when they had the the real coconuts, and they would do the coconut water. Oh my god, so good. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I've been out there since I was twelve. Back in the I started back in the early eighties. 
So at uh, when you were 12, okay. did you have your, were any parents out there with you or did you just get dropped off? <laughs> Renaissance Festival was daycare, uh, weekend daycare. And so I would just get dropped off. Me too. And, <laughs> and so, yeah, so it was, you know, I mean, those were, I mean, that, that was like a different, a way different time, you know. Yeah, no, then. they don't do that um, anymore. No, 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 no. They, 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 you know, child services would probably show up, right. you know, if, if that had happened. So, um, but yeah, no, they, they would, uh, they would drop me off. Um, and I had made, uh, a, a, a deal with, oh man, I'm having a hard time. They were a jewelry booth over by Witchwood and I would, um, they, they kind of took me a little bit under their wing when I was younger and they, they let, they would let me sleep in the back of their booth. Cause then I could watch it and make sure that it was safe and stuff like that. Um, because my mom wouldn't pick me up until Sunday night. So, <laughs> right. Something I would never, ever, ever do. <laughs> Just saying, I'm just saying. I was saying my my mom would drop me off Sunday or Saturday morning, pick me up Saturday night. But if I was not where I was supposed to be at the time she picked me up, there was hell to pay. Like she was very much, you have to be here at this time. But then she dropped me off again Sunday morning and picked me up again Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. My mom wasn't quite like that. (laughs) So how did you start, though? Like, did you? Like who brought you in? Like, how did you get out there? Like, (laughs) as they say, it was all by accident. So we, uh, so part of like my family history is very unique. Um, my, um, my, my dad, my dad is kind of a big time hippie. I mean, I've lived on a commune in the mountains of New Mexico when I was little. I mean, you know, and we would literally like move states every six months, every eight months, roughly. Um, and my uh, my mom and dad moved back to Minnesota from um, uh, from Arizona. We were living in Arizona for a while. And that those were also, too, some really crazy rough times, too, because we were like, at one point, we had been living out of a van in Aspen, Colorado, you know, um, you know, and, and, and in Arizona, we were living in a friend of theirs's place because they didn't have enough money. And so we were getting charity and charity food and all this crazy stuff. And we just, you know, they, they had decided to to come back to Minnesota. And that's when it just all kind of that's when their relationship and marriage kind of all disintegrated. And when I came back, um, back then they had, you know, this crazy thing called the phone book and (laughs) I had to go into the phone book and I was going to reach out to a friend of mine. His name was Misha Bates and Misha was a local actor here in Minnesota, had done children's theater stuff, had done Guthrie, had done all this stuff. And so I just wanted to reconnect with him because he was just he was just a great kid. They were they were from England and so they were just really great. And they were just really neat, just neat, neat human beings. And so I reached out to him and I'm like, hey, man, I'm back. I'm back. What are you doing? What's going on? Let's, you know, we can, you know, let's hang. And he's like, oh, well, hey, catch a bus. I'm I'm heading to audition uh, for the Minnesota Renaissance Festival. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll take along with you. I don't want to <laughs> do any of that crap, but I'll, I'll take along with you. 
And uh, and so while we were there, I started, I started I started making fun of a lot of the a lot. It wasn't very nice, and I you know I I, I mea culpa, but I started making fun of the people there and some of the stuff that they were doing, and I was very loud about it. <laughs> um, and I think at that time, I think. I think both Lee Walker and Gary Parker were were running were running kind of that academy at that time, and I want to say it was over at Augsburg College in one of their one of their places there, and uh, and so they they came up to me and they're like, "Hey kid, what are you gonna be?" And I'm like, "Nothing, man." They're like, well, you got kind of a big mouth, you know, and so. <laughs> So, so they, so they had me go outside and I get, you know, they were always looking for like hawkers and stuff like that. They were always looking for people that could draw people in and, you know, and so, so they, they, they had me like go to the end of the block and they wanted me to make up, you know, some type of like interaction or some type of like bit to, to get the, to, you know, to entertain people and, and do that. And I, I forgot what I did. I started doing like all these different weird voices and stuff like that to get them to come down and, you know, check out, you know, overgrown turkey legs and crazy <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> come see the mutants. Um, I think might've been one of the lines in there. <laughs> and, um, and, and so, and Misha, Misha wanted desperately to be this, like street character and kind of, I think it might've been like, I, I don't remember what his character was exactly, but it was some type of like crazy street character or something like that. And, um, and I, I, I remember it because I got in and he did not. Oh. <laughs> so when you're that young, you take those things hard. Yeah. And so, so then then there I was, Lance the Hawker, and it became just this labor of love forever. How long were you a hawker before you became royalty? <laughs> There's a story to that, too. <laughs> You know how we were talking about the festival daycare program, you know, weekends yes. only and you drop them off and, you know, and then you come back on Sunday nights. Um, you know, but I think I was a hawker for two years. And I think I was roughly, I think it was about 14 years old when um, my mom came out to pick me up. And if you guys remember the sheriff, Bill Locken, yes, yes. this is in his single days. <laughs> um, my my mom my mom is a fairly attractive lady. She sometimes gathers attention, and uh, she came to pick me up. And she was walking out with me, and Bill Locken saw her and <laughs> zeroed right on in, and and said, "You know, hey, I've been watching you work." I've been watching you work, John, right? I've been watching you work. I think you should look at joining the Royal Court. And so I went and I I um I went and I went to one of the rehearsals. I think at that time George uh, Herman, the old the old king had a a studio in uh above the restaurants in Upton, Uptown. Um 
in um, I think it was like right off a lake in and Hennepin there. Okay. Um, cause he was a big time painter and was doing all these paint classes and all this stuff like that. And so I went and auditioned and I've, I've, I've been in the Royal court ever since. Uh, so who was your, what was your first character in the Royal court? Uh, I, I believe, <laughs> I believe it was incredibly creative. You know, when you're 14 years old, you're, um, you know, you're the, <laughs> I think I was Sir Jonathan and that's. <laughs> that's when it's that was the start of it so who was your mentor when you got into the royal court uh well in the beginning it was joe minusier um eric neff um <laughs> james swanson chris wells um and then of course george herman with george herman that was probably my um probably one of my my greatest mentors in life as a as a whole you know he you know I, be, I became prince and you know by that you know way before then he was already like you know like a like like a father to me um and it and it all started because i was big into working out and george was also massively into working out he was a just a beast in working out and um and one day one day uh i think we were taking a break back by where the the summer palace used to be which was over by first aid and uh the costume shop there that uh -huh. used to be like the little section of the of the royal court where everybody was and he comes up to me and he goes hey johnny and he was the only guy that i would ever let call me johnny <laughs> um you know that was never a thing that you know and and so now people some people call me johnny but that's because of how they know me and he used to call me little johnny bear all the time um and so he comes up to me and he goes hey johnny it looks like you like to work out uh you want to come work out with the old guy sometime and being the incredibly cocky kid <laughs> that I was, I said to him, I said, well, yeah, I'll go work out with you. But I just, I just want you to know that I train very hard when I work out. I'm, you know, I, this is, this is, I'm very serious and committed about it. And I work out very, very hard. And he, he smiles at me and he gives me this little smile and he goes, oh, that's all right, Johnny. We'll see how the old guy does. <laughs> and, uh, so we arrange a time to go work out and I go work out with him. Uh, and George trains and the amount of weight and the amount of just reps and just sheer brute weight that that man lifts is unbelievable. <laughs> and so we're about, and and we're into it. We're about halfway into it. And I've never worked out so hard in my entire <laughs> life. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm like 15 years old. And, um, and so suddenly I'm like, I, I think we were doing bench press and I'm on the bench and he is just, just pummeling me, you know, with weight. <laughs> He's just like, 
come on, you got one more in you. Nah, you got two more in you after the one more, you know? So it was always like, I'd do the one and be like, oh, that was too easy. I didn't even help you. You got to do, you know, two more, <laughs> maybe three, you know, show the old guy something. <laughs> and I remember getting halfway through the workout and I'm like, I'll be right back. And I had to go downstairs and throw up. <laughs> and, and he knew it. He knew what was going on. He knew what was happening. And, I, you know, I think that was maybe the like the test to see what my metal was. So I went downstairs. I threw up in Bally's U.S. Swim Fitness in St. Louis Park. And I came back up. I got some water. I read, you know, got some water, got, and I came back up and for, there was no way in hell I was not going to finish that workout. <laughs> and I finished that workout with him. And, and I, I, and I think that's where we just kind of built this like long-term friendship, you know, and just mentorship. And we would, you know, we would sit and we'd work out and we'd have all these, you know, we'd, we'd just have these just colorful conversations, but then also two really great conversations, you know, just about drive and life. And, you know, George's mantra was always be the hardest worker in the room. Right. You know, and that, that was something that stuck with me throughout and has to this day stuck with me throughout the entirety of my life. You know, my grandpa used to say the same thing and George just kind of gave a different perspective to it and re reinforced it. Um, at a level I'd not, you know, not known. And, and, um, you know, and then in terms of like improv and, you know, and just the, the street, he helped really kind of train and kind of, kind of help bring out, you know, that, that piece. And he had some, he had some rules, you know, and he had some pretty hard, you know, they, I wouldn't say they were hard rules, but they were some, some rules that he instilled in just about in everybody that was in the court. And it, and it, it carries over into life as well too, because you know, you're always paying attention to your audience when you're in business, you're paying attention to your audience. And he would always say that if you're paying attention to your audience, you can tell if you're being successful or not. And so that one was probably my, my, my greatest, one of my greatest ones. And then of course, um, Lee Walker, um, was, an, I, I just was really blessed to be able to work with some of these, you know, some of these greats out there. Um, you know, so Lee was, Lee was definitely one that provided a lot of insight and input, um, during those during those early royal court years and then of course gary parker so so when you become the prince is that something that you decide to do or is that something that george appoints you to so with so it's similar to so like the way that i handle the court um so the royal family is usually always chosen by the director, right, of the of the court, and so George did that, and so um, you know George uh, George chose me to to be the to be the prince, and those were some very wild and crazy days. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say that you, so you're the director now of the royal court, 
So you choose the royal family, which we have stated it before that our oldest is one of the princesses. And I can't even tell you that she did not believe us when we said, no, John wants you to come back. She's like, no, he doesn't. He's just saying that to be nice. I'm like, no, we're going to get you a dress. You're going to come back. And now I kid you not. I said, Haley, what do you need? I mean, is there anything you want or need for your next year? For, for whatnot. She goes, well, I need a cloak. And I said, okay. And she goes, I think I might need two because my dresses are different colors. And Emily lets me wear her dress sometimes. So I need a gold one and a maroon one. Can you just make it reversible, mom? Maybe. And fur. I want fur. And I'm like, <laughs> You're welcome. But I will tell you one thing that George would tell us um, as well is that you're, you know, while your costume does kind of present a persona it is your actions that matter most Hmm. and your actions are what set that set that apart and and so yeah so yeah and she's she is welcome back of course (laughs) she loves it she really does she was talking about college and where she's gonna go and uh she kind of was like well i want to make sure i'm able to perform still i'm like okay I, I can understand that, but I'm sure they'd be fine if you wanted to do like half a season and then go to college and then you could still be like, <laughs> we can work it out. But she's she loves it. She absolutely loves it. And we're happy that she's yeah. found a, a place that she fits in out at the festival, because for a long time, she just kind of was floundering. Not really. She doesn't care about fire. Like at all, like her friends had no <laughs> idea what we did. Until they were over at our house one day and we did, we had to like rehearse or something and her friends freaked out at her and like, you didn't tell me your parents did this. And she's like, yeah, it's not a big deal. So she doesn't care about the fire, but she cares about like, she will send me pictures of crowns that she wants and jewelry that she wants. She, she loves it. You're welcome. And I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. But, you know, so, I mean, if you if you think about it, that is part of or can be part of the magic of that place, you know? Yeah, it is like a lot of people say, it is an aisle of misfit toys. But back in the, you know, back in those days, there was just so much community, right? You know, there was no, there wasn't the us against them and that, that craziness. There was just us and, you know, and, and I think that is, I think that is one of the, was one of the really, really enriching experiences for me and, and my time, my time out here, you know, is to be able to do that. And then more importantly is to is to be able to like pay it forward, you know, because I had all these great people that, you know, I, I was a bit of a sh- when I was, <laughs> when I was younger, I am the first to admit it. I, you know, I was definitely a cocky kid, you know, for sure. And I didn't take, I didn't take crap from anybody. I didn't care who you were. I didn't care what you did, you know, um, and yet still i still i had these 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 amazing wonderful incredibly talented people take me under their wing and 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 help me you know and and help mold mold me and and that is a great thing and i try to pay that forward with 
with um, with with our court and with everybody that we interact with, you know. And that was also too another one of the things that George taught me is that his king was a little more pomp and circumstance than mine is. But we still carry the same. We still carry a same mantra, and that is that we want to be seen as the everyman, right? And for me, I want people to look at my king, and I want them to go, "Oh my God, have you seen that the king's kids? Holy crap!" And have you seen the people around him? My life is pretty good, you know. I want them when they walk in those gates, that the outside world is left behind, that everybody is, and this is that rule is that everybody. Needs to be elevated, right?、Mm -hmm. Just because you're the, just because you're a, a courtier, or you're the king, or you're the prince, or you're the princess, doesn't mean that everybody is below you. And I think that is one of the things that has really served us well with our audience is that we don't do that. I try not to take myself seriously. I want people to look at me as like the every person, right? Where they can look at me and they can go, you know what, my life is pretty damn great compared to that king guy. Have you seen all the suck ups he's got around him? <laughs> oh my god, and all the craziness that comes with him. And George had that as well too. That's what he. That's what he wanted. And so he would, you know, he he would foster that in in us to to instill that. You know, his number one rule was pay attention to the audience. They will tell you if you're successful. Just because you repeat a bit does not mean that it's going to be a great one, if the audience doesn't respond to it. Now that you are the king and you are the director of the royal court, is your day different now than it was when you were the prince? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yes.、Um, you know when 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 I was the when I was the when I was the prince,、um, and this is also too something that we carry on as well too is that George, you know George wanted us at certain functions, right? You know, so he wanted us. You know, with the exception of me, because my character was—I really wanted people to take a look at me and go, "Oh my God, that king has the worst kid in the whole <laughs> flipping planet, man! Oh my God, that kid is wild. You know, he's—he's he's always at the—he's always at the pub. You know, he's always chatting up the ladies. You know, he's always—you know—he's always in trouble. Always in trouble." <laughs> You know, and so the way that I looked at it was that <laughs> I was the number two prince, and what that meant was that I had none of the responsibility and all the money, and so I did not care. <laughs> what life was just one big party. I kind of think that that's how a lot of number two princes felt at some point in time. It does. It does. I mean, it does. Yep. Yep. And.、Um, And and、uh, our 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 mini version of me, Philip, is just like I was, except for he doesn't work out, which we got to change that.、Mm -hmm. yeah. But、uh, um, your your Haley does. She's getting beefy. She lifted up 
the, the dishwasher Boom. with Adam. Yep, she moved the dishwasher. Right and she was on. like, it's light. I'm like, yeah, it is. Good job. <laughs> right on. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, my, my day is definitely a lot different as king than it was as prince because George would let us, you know, one of the things he wanted to foster was growth mm-hmm. and individual character growth. And so he would set aside certain times of day for people to like just roam the streets and a lot of times he would break the court up into two different groups and have those two different groups kind of go out. So, you know, so um, so people could f- grow differently and find different ways to interact, because if you're always part of the ensemble, it's hard to find more balance in what your character is. And so he would foster that. And I try to keep that. But for me, it's like, you know, I'm there in the morning. I'm there, you know, and. In, in midday, uh, you know, we have all these events that we have to go to and all these different things that we go to. Our schedule is pretty crazy. And so um, so it's it's vastly different, you know. So like in the in the in the mornings on festival days, uh, George would give me the leeway of not being up at front gate. <laughs> but I did have to meet them at the arbor. And so I started doing this running bit that people would just laugh their butts off as I would, I would have the guard carry me in. Like I was still had, hadn't really gone to bed and just hadn't left the pub yet. And so they would just carry me in and drag me in and then prop me up against him. (laughs) And then George would go from there. (laughs) So the Royal court has a fairly strict schedule then. For the most part. Yes. I mean, there's, there is some, so like I, you know, I mean, in some things we have some control over it. And so there are moments when I'm like, you know, we're maybe like in a groove or we're, you know, um, um, we're, you know, we're, there's heavy interaction. Right. And so I will modify that, you know, our, our schedule for that, unless it's something critical, you know, that is an event that we have to absolutely be it. But for the most part, it's, about 90% um, pretty strict, pretty rigid. And it's from sunup to sundown. Yes. Usually after gate. Yep. Just like you guys. Yes. Yeah, there's only a few places that we need to be, you know, five times a day on the stage and a couple other places. But other than that, we got a lot of free time. <laughs> unlike unlike oh. what it sounds like with your with your court, you have very little free time, it sounds like. Yeah, we kind of take like we have like one main break after parade. Um, and then throughout the course of the day, we do little hit and runs. And if it's really hot, then we'll do some. But for the most part, we we kind of kind of follow the kind of the kind of what had been set by in terms of like we take our breaks out on site. You know, still so we're going to eat. We don't on site. Right. You know, things like that. Um, but yeah, so it's pretty crazy. So what was one of your favorite things when you were the prince in your day? <laughs> uh, so I, <clears throat> I was always, um, you know how you have one, you know, well, sometimes we have more than one kid that pushes buttons, you know, mm-hmm. of our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always the kid that would push the buttons. <laughs> uh, and, and so one time, this is when I, it, 
and some people still actually talk about it that remember it is um, George was giving me such a hard time. And this was at our time up at the Arbor. <laughs> and, and I, uh, I showed, I, I showed up with the guard, you know, with two guards on either side, dragging me by my feet, you know, and George was like, Philip, so nice of you to join us. So bright and early. And I'm like, early, it's still late. I haven't been to bed. <laughs> and he goes, oh, Philip, you're always, and then he would use his favorite line, which I still use on our, on my fake kids out there. He would say, never have children. They're a constant disappointment. <laughs> and he said that, and I had this crazy idea that I was going to be like, yeah, I was 20-something prince, but I was going to be the five-year-old kid that runs away from home at the end of the block. And so I stormed off and I said, that's it. That's fine. I'm starting my own kingdom. I'm starting my own land. And so George rolled with it and he just goes, what are you going to call it, Philip? And I'm like, Philip Land? <laughs> and he's like, you don't have a castle. And at that time, we didn't have benches. We had hay bales, yep. which and the grounds crew absolutely loved us. Those people were saints back in those days, especially with me. <laughs> um, and so I took the hay bales in front of the arbor and I turned them into a castle <laughs> and, he, and we just we rolled with it we started gathering like this really great crowd and you could see that you could see like the parents go oh man yep my five year old has done that but you know this is 20 something and <laughs> good on you and um, and then and then like he's like, you have no people in your land. If it's a kingdom, you have to have people. And um, and so then I pulled the Russians off the stage and I said, well, I have Russians. <laughs> and then they got really obnoxious. Their whole thing was to be really annoying and really obnoxious. And then I sent them back. And then George said I couldn't send them back. Um, and then we just had this like little tug of war with them. Uh, and then he's like, and you don't have a Lord Mayor of your realm. And so I, Bill Peltzman was walking by and I <laughs> threw him into my castle. <laughs> and then we just started to, we just started going on. And I, and I think the bit went for like, oh man, I want to say we put that show on for a good 20, 30 minutes <laughs> of all these different things. Like I was pulling peasants off the streets I Bill, you know, you know, and so we had this just really great. And then and finally, 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 George, I can't remember what he says. He's like, don't tell me I don't love you. Come home. <laughs> and then that was that was the end of it. But that was that one was really just so much fun. We had so much fun back then. We just there wasn't we didn't there. Were, we still don't. Our, our crew doesn't take ourselves too seriously. But, you know, back in those days, we, we also did that as well. So how many princes and princesses were back in the day? Like how many siblings did you have? So George usually kept the um, the royal family kind of small. 
So it was always, um, it was usually two princes and one princess. Um, and then towards the, towards the end of his run, it was um, two princes and one princess. Okay. And how many do you have? Ooh, wow. Um, yeah, okay. That's, that's a good question. Uh, let me, I, I got to count it out. Let me, hold on a sec. Uh, there's Edward. Uh, Philip. There's another one in there somewhere. <laughs> um, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. William. Ugh, William. And then, uh, oh, and then there's, you know, princesses and stuff. <laughs> we have a big royal family. I think right now we have, oh, crap. We have five that are full-time. Okay. Nice. Usually. So... I have noticed that they uh, we we get more visitors of royalty backstage than we used to. We used oh, to just like the old. No, of like your your court now from like bef- before Haley was a member. Like it was just Rachel who would come by because you know she's Raiderly's sister and she would see the kids yep. and come by. But now there's Allie who drops by. And there's Stephen that drops by, <laughs> and there's of course Haley that drops by and. <laughs> Rachel, Rachel, when she watches this, will probably uh, send me some words. <laughs> I don't you love me, Daddy? <laughs> I will say that Haley really does like messing or saying things of. She says she likes to call you old man. <laughs> yep. And she says she likes to try to get you to buy her things. Like a Tesla. Uh, like a yeah, Tesla. She's really good at that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that our that our youngest, Ashlyn, told me that she's not going to be a princess until you take her to the big thrill factory, like you promised. <laughs> Did you tell her we're in a pandemic at the moment? I told her the big thrill factory um, closed. closed, and she just gave me this look and walked away. We'd have to go all the way to Oakdale. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to live that one down. No, no, you're not. You know, um, so to Haley's credit, um, she actually got me to do something uh, as king that I have not done ever, <laughs> ever, you know? Um, so, you know, so with, um, there, there's a, there's a couple of things that run in the family. Um, so, uh, we do not sing. They, they even wrote a song about that. It's called why they never, never asked the king to sing. It was good in George's time. It's good in my time. And then the, the other thing is, is I do not dance. Why not? And <laughs> Haley, that charming, beautiful little brat. Yep. Badgered the living crap out of the king. <laughs> king Daddy to uh dance and i finally gave in (laughs) (laughs) i actually was there i remember it 
remember um, many of your other children being very delighted that you were dancing. Yeah, they all had asked the same thing, but nope. It's it's solidified. And then her- Haley went around telling. say it's solidified in her mind that she's your favorite, and she will now proclaim that to everybody. <laughs> she went around telling everybody that she was Daddy's favorite. What is one of your favorite things about performing at the festival these these modern days? Oh man, there's so much. But um, it's going to sound so corny when I say it out loud. I'm sure there is just this. It's just this magic when. When my, you know, when, when my feet touch the ground there, you know, and you're out in the street and you see all these people that, that keep coming back and they keep coming to see you and you have this, just this gift to really kind of help elevate everybody around you and just to make people's days, which in turn very selfishly makes my day. And, um, and that is, that is probably the, the, one of the, the greatest, one of the greatest things that I really love about it. And, and this, you have this, you have this, just this great opportunity, especially, especially with the children you know, so, I mean, for us, we, ha- we have this thing that I call it's, it's three steps to magic because every three steps that we take, there is this just magical interaction that happens with, with everybody, the young, the old, um, but really with the, the, the children. And so when, when it happens, you can just, it's like, it's tangible and you can, and you can feel it and they, they, they come back, they come back out. And, um, I, hold on, uh, let me, let me just show you something and, uh, and that maybe it'll really just kind of solidify it. Yeah. So what I'm holding right here is this, uh, castle that the, this beautiful little girl made for me and, and her sister made this image of me as king. <laughs> Those are really cute. You know, and it's like some type of like pixel art. Yeah. Little yeah. wax beads that you melt together. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love that you know that. Uh, yeah, our daughter loves those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, it, it's it's that. And and so I get these, I, I get, I and it's it's really hard to put into words um how just how great that that is that you know that 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 they have felt so inspired you know that they would take the time to make that for you and then send it off to you and you know and it's just to me that is like the greatest gift you know
If you want to become a Patreon subscriber, pop on over to the Patreon and look for Fondazi Fire. If you have any questions or show ideas for us, anything that you want to know, then email us at fondazi at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to Fondazi Fire Presents What Do You Want on your favorite podcast platform. And we'll see you next time. Well, you know, when you were talking about George, I was going to ask, does he know that you take a lot of selfies now and you don't really work out that much? (laughs) (laughs) Just saying, last time we were there, you took a lot of selfies. I took a couple of selfies with you guys. (laughs) With you guys. Ouch.